Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Cecilia Lay and this is Fifth Emission. I've been working in the office more these days. It's good for my sanity after over two years of remote work, but that means doing something I haven't really missed, small talk. This week's weather made that a little easier. It was hot, and that shared discomfort made those cubicle discussions a bit less painful. Weather talk is banal and annoying, but it's a familiar go-to kind of like a safety blanket for our social interactions. But now, The Chronicle wants us to level up. Thursday marks the launch of the newsroom's brand new weather team. The goal is to get all of us talking about weather in a smarter and more engaged way. We know that climate change is impacting our lives in serious ways. The historic drought and intensifying wildfire seasons have already made that case for us. But what does the day-to-day weather tell us? The Chronicle's new weather team is going to help us dive into the science. Their coverage will provide critical context for understanding our daily weather, which is much more complex than what you may assume. This is about going beyond the chatty local TV meteorologists or that phone app that tells you today's high and low temperatures. First up, the two stories that are launching the team's coverage are about dry lightning and fog. Lightning is rare in the Bay Area, but it's also caused some of the largest wildfires. What gives? And what's the relationship between fog and our wildfire season? Joining me to talk about all of that is weather science editor Hannah Hageman and the Chronicle's first ever meteorologist, Jerry Diaz. Heather and Jerry, so great to have you on Fifth Emission. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. So, Hannah, I'd love to start with you. As you know, it's been very warm in the Bay Area. A lot of us are thinking about the weather, and clearly the Chronicle is doing that as well in a new way. Why is this a good time to launch a weather team in the newsroom? I feel now more than ever, Californians and really the world is tuned into weather and extreme weather events. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, just this week we have seen record heat and In the last weeks, we've seen a one in 1,000 year flood in Death Valley and some extreme fire weather, you know, and this is really kind of just becoming the weekly news flow. There is really a hunger. I think people want to understand the why and how behind weather, not just what's happening. And by the way, this is an incredibly complex science. Meteorology is is very dense. And so Mm -hmm. really, I feel now more than ever there is a time to step up and inject science journalism into the weather space, whether that's covering, you know, extreme events, fire tornadoes, atmospheric river storms, those types of events. There's a huge opportunity to connect to audience, to explain the why and how of weather and do some really sharp, smart science journalism in this space. And and Jerry, you were hired to be the Chronicle's first ever meteorologist. And for you, weather is somewhat of a passion, right? You've worked for the National Weather Service Bay Area, where you spent time reaching out to Spanish-speaking communities during extreme weather events. 
Clearly, you're thinking about how weather impacts our day-to-day. What will your daily forecast look like? What can we expect? Honestly, it's one of those beautiful things that we have here uh, in the Bay Area, the ability to really not only explain the weather to folks, but really to engage in a way that you don't really find in other parts of the country. In our case, we have the ability to not only produce weather forecasts, uh, you know, something that I would say akin to what you would find in, you know, your Apple Watch might say, oh, it's going to be this many degrees in this one area. We have the ability to dive a little further. We can explain the why behind it. And in another way, we also have this ability to really build that community. It's one thing to say, oh, it's going to be 75 degrees in San Francisco. Someone might read our forecast and say, hey, well, my Apple Weather Watch is telling me it's going to be this many degrees, but I know historically in my neighborhood, it's going to be 60 degrees or 65 because of the sea breeze. There's that extra layer uh, that we have the capacity to dive into in a way that a lot of what I would say more of the the old-fashioned way of doing forecasting wouldn't really be able to dive into. So that is, in a sense, what I hope we can build with these forecasts. We're not just going to say it's going to be 70 degrees. We'll say it's going to be around this many degrees in this area, and here's how that's going to impact your day-to-day, while also allowing our readers to be able to engage with that and say, oh, that's great. I know that in my neighborhood, it's going to be this usually, or, oh, I want to hear about what the weather is going to be like in this other neighborhood I plan to go later in the day. Maybe I'm going to go jogging, or maybe I'm going to go visit a friend. That kind of engagement is something that I think we have a huge opportunity to build here. And Hannah, what Jerry's hinting at right now is context is really important. And I spend a ton of time on this show talking about how climate change has impacted us, the historic drought our state is experiencing, wildfires. Recently, we had climate scientist Daniel Swain on the show to talk about the threat of mega floods in the state. So science is really important here to digesting the importance of this coverage. But oftentimes people dismiss it. What's the approach in ensuring that the science in your coverage or your team's coverage is digestible and approachable? I think it's a fine line to toe. You know, meteorology is really complicated. And as you mentioned, it affects, you know, what Californians care most about water supply, drought, wildfires, etc. But I do think there's a way to connect with with your average reader and someone who's really tuned in to the world of weather or what we might call a a weather wonk. And I think the way you do that is smart, high-level science journalism where we are are constantly explaining what what we're talking about and why this, this weather pattern is playing out. And I think that both audiences connect to that. I think that that's something that both your average person and your wonk would want to read about. And so really, to me, it's like, Every day working on the forecast with Jerry, which, you know, is very different from the forecasts we see coming out um, across the Bay Area where we're, we are focusing on the science of the daily weather. And I think that connects people to the science behind weather. And then we have those deeper dive stories where we're spending more time, you know, in the science explanation. But really that everyday read, forming that habit, getting folks uh, in the know, you know, connecting them to the weather outside their window. I think that's how we do that. Mm. And Jerry, I'm sure you know this, but a lot of us here in the Bay Area, we like to brag about our weather and our temperate conditions compared to other parts of the country. 
Can you tell us something that's unique or strange about Bay Area weather that maybe people don't realize? I like the use of strange in that uh, context. It really <laughs> is one of those places that in the country where you'll find something here that you don't really find in a lot of other places. And that's a question that a lot of folks here ask, and that's, what's the weather like in your neighborhood? In other parts of the country, say you're in the Midwest or on the East Coast even, uh, 75 degrees means it's going to be 75 degrees relatively everywhere in the area. Here, it may be 70 degrees in the Sunset District, but it might also be almost 80 degrees in downtown. And then if you look at the wider Bay Area, it might actually be in the 100s, something akin mm -hmm. to what we saw with yesterday's heat wave. So that's a really interesting feature about this area is that not only do we have a climate here, but we also have what we refer to as microclimates. And that's part of what we're hoping to engage with uh, in our weather forecasts uh, to Hannah's point. We're going to be able to kind of engage not only with the general public, but also with some of those weather wonks who maybe want to do more of those deep dives with us when it comes to those microclimates, why one part of the Bay Area is so uniquely different from others. And then in that capacity, we can also talk about those climate sensitivities, uh, which is something that is a huge topic, not only just in the Bay Area, but also across the country, this idea of just how vulnerable some of these climates can be. We get to talk about that science uh, in a way that hopefully is engaging not only to the day-to-day -day person, but also those who have noticed historically how these microclimates are all essentially changing and have mm -hmm. been changing for years now. So to your point, microclimates, those are the big, uh, those are the big uh, deviations from climate anywhere else in the country. More with Hannah Hageman and Jerry Diaz after a quick break. The Chronicle's new weather team launched with two stories today on sfchronicle.com slash weather. They're about lightning and fog. What do those weather conditions mean for our fire seasons? We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. I'm back with two members of the Chronicle's brand new weather team, editor Hannah Hageman and meteorologist Jerry Diaz. Hannah, congratulations. The team is officially up and running as of Thursday. And one of the first stories is by data reporter Jack Lee. It's about dry lightning. That's when precipitation doesn't reach the ground. We saw some of that on Wednesday in the Bay Area. Why did you want to tackle lightning for the launch of your coverage? I think it really gets at something we're trying to do with our work, which is ask the question constantly, like, is this weather phenomenon weird or not? Is this actually, you know, something that's out of the norm or is it not? And that's what I felt like we wanted to dive into with this story. You know, we found that the Bay Area and coastal California sees some of the least lightning on Earth. And, you know, it's really been in the collective consciousness since we had that 2020 lightning siege. And so we wanted to dive into the data and look at how frequent do we actually see lightning storms come into our region. And 
you know, we found that they're quite rare. And we also looked into the connection to climate change, which is something else we're really aiming to do with this team is take extreme weather events in the news, take, you know, the shift in weather patterns we're seeing and ask this question of, is this connected to climate change or not? And it's quite nuanced, you know, in many cases. And that's what we found here again, was that we feel like we've been seeing more lightning and and we actually have in the last couple of years, but there's not really a consistent upward trend. And the science is kind of out when it comes to, you know, are these lightning sieges connected to climate change? There's not a clear answer there yet. So it's actually just asking that question and diving into the science and data, which can be quite complicated, and then communicating, you know, what we found. Mm -hmm. And that seems really important, right, Hannah, because it's easy to oversimplify what's happening, right? Yes. uh, Yeah, 100%. I mean, Mm -hmm. particularly in this world, um, meteorology, weather science is incredibly complicated, as Jerry mentioned. We have, you know, you can go through dozens of microclimates on your commute in the Bay Area from fog to drizzle to sun. And then to make things more complicated, we have, you know, incredible peaks and valleys and deserts that all makes our weather extremely wonky in California and just gives us more reasons to dive into doing weather science coverage, explaining the why and how of weather day to day. Mm. And Jerry, you reported the other story that launched the team's coverage, and it's about something that Bay Area residents have a real love-hate relationship with, fog. In your story, you say that fog kept this week's heat wave from getting too bad. What can we expect in the weeks and months ahead? Yep, it really is a love-hate relationship. Uh, (laughs) It seems like no matter who you ask, some folks really love seeing that fog roll in. Personally, I'm a huge fan of it. I love seeing the fog roll into Sutro Tower, you know, make its way mm-hmm. all over the bay. Others say that it makes them feel very depressed after a long time of being exposed to it. I would argue for those who maybe don't like the fog, it's important to remember just how critical it is to not only keeping us cool, but also for our biodiversity. It's the reason why we have such wonderful weather uh, in San Francisco for most of the summer and really across a lot of the Bay Area in terms of how that impacted our heat wave. You know, it's interesting to see even just from looking at some of those raw temperatures yesterday. At one point, Sunset District was at 57 degrees. You go across the bay into Walnut Creek east of the Caldecott Tunnel and they were at 107 degrees. That's a huge deviation. And that deviation is largely because that fog was able to nestle its way into the Bay Area and essentially shield some of those big population centers from that heat. So again, that fog really is our natural AC. It's the real driver of those cooler conditions. And that's something that you don't really find in other parts of the country. It's a very fascinating feature. Unfortunately for us, uh, we are entering the end of fog season. And with Mm. that, we will be transitioning into what we refer to as more of the Diablo wind season. Those winds suddenly shift direction. So instead of winds coming in from that cool Pacific air, we'll essentially see the reverse of it. Now we're going to get some of that dry, hot air from the Central Valley slowly funnel its way down into the San Francisco Peninsula. What that means for us is pretty simple. We're going to be going from our typical nice, cool summer to more of what we would expect in September, hot and dry Mm. and a lot less fog. And what is the relationship between fog and wildfire season, which I understand really gets intense in September? You know, the best way to think about it is the fog in a lot of ways acts like a shield. It brings in that cold air, but it also brings in a lot of moisture. A lot of our natural fauna and our natural forests out here, especially the redwoods, really rely on that moisture from the fog. 
uh, in order to stay on the on the cooler and moister side for most of the fire season, you remove that fog and suddenly you're exposing them to that hot and dry environment. So that raises some of those wildfire concerns. And it's something that we keep a very close eye on uh, going into the second part of the summer and of course into the fall. It's that drier, hotter air that really poses an enhanced wildfire risk. Mm. Has climate change changed the duration of fog season, Jerry? You know, it's interesting. The science is definitely out in terms of how long it's, how much it's been altering that fog season, because in some respects, we've seen an amplification of the fog. Uh, Mm. One of my colleagues, Daniel Swain, actually has talked about this uh, multiple occasions, this idea of how, while the rest of the inland parts of California have been heating up, it's been almost a bit of the opposite in some of the immediate coastlines. And a lot of that has to do with just how limited that cold air is in its way to get into the rest of the state. As climate change continues to create this imbalance between those two air masses, we'll see more of those extremes. What that translates to for the fog right now is still something that's really up for debate. So I want to ask both of you, as you both look ahead in the months ahead, how will your team's coverage help Bay Area residents think or talk about weather differently? Just in general, I feel weather is something we all connect to, uh, regardless of, of our differences. And so I hope that our coverage helps people connect to science and helps people connect to the ways our weather has shifted. And I also really just hope it it makes people ask more questions about our weather, you know, something that we all see and interact with outside our window every day um, and, and ask, tells us what they're wondering about the weather and gets them more curious about it. I think that's really the exciting thing about this project is that we essentially have the ability to not only engage with some of those weather wonks in the Bay Area, those very passionate uh, you know, weather devotees, uh, but we also have the ability to create new weather wonks, to get people engaged in the science. Uh, our forecast breaks things down where not only do we have you know, the uh, raw forecast, but we also try to explain that science behind it. So our hope is that through some of our weather forecasts, uh, even the day-to-day resident will be able to learn something new about the climate that they live in. And hopefully that can spark more interest, and maybe we'll have a few more California weather walks running around someday. (laughs) Mm. And how can listeners, you know, sort of nurture that curiosity about weather with you all? What's the best way for them to interact with you or follow along with the coverage? So I would say, you know, number one, we're all on Twitter, Jerry, myself, and our reporter, Jack Lee. We love to hear questions from people. We love to have, you know, that back and forth through Twitter. But I would also say we we are going to have an email. So we'd love to get emails from folks on, you know, what they're curious about and what they want more coverage on. And that email address is weatherwonks at sfchronicle.com. Jerry, last word. We're hoping that through email, we can really uh, engage with some, uh, you know, some of our new subscribers as we build that following. And then, of course, through our social media, that allows us the opportunity to connect with them directly that way. So our hope is that we kind of keep all of these channels open, uh, social media, our email, and then that way we can kind of build that following, build that interest so that uh, not just the California weather wonks, but also our day-to-day subscribers can kind of get a sense of, oh, I can have a direct conversation with this person, with this scientist. Uh, That's something that I think will really help to drive and nurture some of that interest. Um, Oftentimes when it comes to the science, it may feel like 
some of the scientists in any field really, they might feel a little distant from the general public. We're trying to bridge that a little bit. And so our hope is that this is kind of that driver to help nurture some of that interest in a healthy and also entertaining kind of way. Hannah, Jerry, such a pleasure to talk to both of you and introduce the team to our listeners. Thank you for the time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Again, the email address to reach the weather team is weatherwonks at sfchronicle.com. Hannah Hageman is the Chronicle's weather science editor, and Jerry Diaz is the team's meteorologist. Check out their coverage, along with science data reporter Jack Lee, at sfchronicle.com slash weather and on the Chronicle app. There you can find their first two stories on lightning and fog. Thanks to King Kaufman for the edits and to you for listening. <laughs>